Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Reports claim Boris Johnson is still working on his roadmap to ease the English lockdown, and is now on his second pack of big crayons. Buckingham Palace has confirmed that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle will not return as working members of the royal family. Prince Andrew will also not be returning as a working member of the royal family, but announcing that requires a much more uncomfortable explanation. The High Court rules that Matt Hancock acted unlawfully by not revealing details of contracts his department has signed during the coronavirus pandemic. As a result, the Health Secretary will now have to hand over the empty, enormous brown paper envelope reading Matt Loves Dido IDST that's been hidden in his desk for the last ten months. And finally, right-wing radio host and first horseman of the Trumpocalypse Rush Limbaugh has died becoming just another victim of left-wing cancer culture. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're listening to another episode of IC News. You like to think that you're immune to the stuff? Oh yeah, it's closer to the truth to say you can't get enough. You know you're going to have to face it, you're addicted to news. Well, there's no rehab for you here, you big quitter. In fact, we're poised to mainline our pure news straight into the largest vein we can find, so you better grip the arm of that chair tight and get ready to see some media babies crawling on the ceiling. It can, of course, be difficult and confusing getting a handle on the events of the week. None of us are immune from that. I watched the news this week, and I didn't even know that the ruler of Dubai and Queen Latifah had a kid. But apparently they do, and we can now add kidnapping your own children to the list of things foreign rulers sitting on vast oil reserves are allowed to do without fear of consequences. It should fit nicely right underneath murdering journalists in an embassy. With all the news from both Here on Earth Prime and from across the multiverse, we've got a lot to get through. So let's start this week with the ongoing story of the Grenfell Tower Inquiry. Last week, the government announced that it would be releasing extra funding in order to address safety concerns at thousands of residential buildings uncovered by the inquiry, but the money has been roundly criticised as wildly insufficient. Here's Tom King with more. Thanks, Sam. It's been over three and a half years since the Grenfell Tower tragedy in which 72 people lost their lives under truly appalling circumstances. Since that terrible day, the government have moved quickly to identify and address fire safety concerns at hundreds of residential buildings across the country. Acting with urgency and a priority focus on personal safety, the Tories have been making sure that hundreds of thousands of British citizens have been rescued from living in unsafe conditions at no cost to themselves. It's been the exact sort of response that the completely preventable horror of Grenfell demanded and has led to some honest parliamentary introspection on the dangers of deregulation and excess profiteering in the construction... Oops, no, hang on. Um, Sorry, everyone. 
Uh, I met up with the Tom King from Earth Alpha Lima Trek MacGuffin 7 for a pint last night. It's basically the mirror universe to our own, where everything works in the opposite direction, and it looks like we've accidentally swapped notes. They closed borders and opted for a zero-Covid approach over there, so the pubs are still open. He's a great bloke, though, actually. Although, I must admit, I I think he looks fucking weird without a moustache. So, yeah... Looking at all this, pretty much none of this is relevant to what's happened here on Earth Prime. It's been over three and a half years since the Grenfell Tower tragedy, and that much is true, but we're still looking at a Britain where hundreds of thousands of people are living in dangerous housing. It's been years of dither and delay from a government reluctant to put its hand in its pocket in order to fix the crisis. In the meantime, it's the homeowners themselves that have been left facing the ongoing costs of keeping their buildings safe. And those costs have spiralled out of control faster than Brian Harvey on a baked potato bender. It goes without saying that the absolute horror of the Grenfell Tower fire must never be repeated. In the face of the tragedy, there has been a little movement towards securing that future and some of the most flammable cladding has now been removed from many of Britain's tallest residential buildings. But the Grenfell Inquiry hasn't just focused on flammable cladding. Its investigation runs deeper than that and it's also uncovered several decades worth of planning and fire safety failures in buildings that run the length of the country. To prevent further tragedies, they also urgently need addressing. The extra $3.5 billion recently announced by Housing Secretary Robert Jenrick represents a drop in the ocean of what's truly required to fix those failures. As things currently stand, tens of thousands of homeowners and leaseholders across the country are facing an uncertain and cripplingly expensive future. The problem with the way the government wants to allocate further public funds to address this crisis is just how pathetically arbitrary it is. If you live in a tower block over 18 metres tall, the combustible cladding that's been slapped over the front of it just to keep your rich neighbours happy clearly isn't your fault, and chances are the government will pay to remove it and keep you safe. If you're on top floor of a six-storey building, however, you're shit out of luck. If you're entombed in a flammable death trap of six storeys or fewer, it's all your fault, and the costs of removing the cladding will probably be squeezed out of you by the terms of your leasehold agreement. If that doesn't seem fair to you, congratulations. You've got a rudimentary sense of justice and the most basic critical thinking skills. Sadly, however, that means you're now immediately disqualified from ever holding the position of Boris Johnson's housing secretary. And that injustice is only the start of it. The question of who exactly is liable for the cost of making safe each of the residences that the Grenfell Inquiry has identified as dangerous is a complicated and messy one. Obviously, developers, architects and builders that have skirted regulations and failed to meet the proper standards are complicit and must be held accountable. But some of these problems date back years, and all too often they're the result of poor regulation and oversight measures that have failed to protect residents. And while the back and forth continues over just who needs to pay, it's the homeowners themselves that front the ongoing costs. And in the background, the countdown to another preventable tragedy keeps ticking downwards. I'm Tom King, reporting for IC News. Oh, sorry, Sam. Hang on a second. Uh, Looks like the gate's opening again. Bear with me a sec. Tom! 
Hello, mate. Mirror Tom. <laughs> Good to see you, pal. Let me guess. Forgot something at the pub last night. <sighs> Indeed I did. I believe these are yours, Squire. Got to admit, I did read a bit of it. One question. What the fuck are you lot doing? Saving money in the potential expense of people's lives later, of course. It's the Earth Prime way. Right you are, Evil Tom. You have a good day now. And you, mate. Ah, see? Told you he was a good guy. Hang on. Did he just call me Evil Tom? What the fuck's that all about? It's been an undeniably tough 12 months for your average British worker here on Earth Prime. The coronavirus pandemic has shuttered businesses and cost thousands of jobs. With unemployment rising, more and more people have been turning to the gig economy to support themselves. But a Supreme Court ruling this week has thrown the ability of businesses to rely on a freelance workforce into question. It has ultimately ruled in favour of Uber drivers who first took the rideshare app to court back in 2016 to secure workers' rights like a minimum wage and holiday leave and they must now be classified as workers employed by Uber rather than as self-employed freelancers. The repercussions are potentially enormous for large companies dependent on insecure labour. Here to discuss the Uber ruling and what it means for the gig economy here in Britain, it's our resident entrepreneur and champion of the working man, Danny Sutcliffe. Hi, Sam. Now, I don't need to tell you this, obviously, but this ruling is a total fucking shambles. I'm just the owner of a small, independent, artisanal, jet-washing and lifestyle improvement business, and it looks set to shaft me right up the shitter. I can't even begin to imagine what workers' rights threaten to do to the profit margins of enormous multinational corporations. Light a candle for the free market, Sam, because it's fucking dead. Okay, Danny, there's a lot to unpack there, not least of which is the way you pronounce artisanal. Firstly, I'm not really sure how the Uber case impacts your little side project, although I've got to admit I've never really grasped just what it is your business does. Danny's Jet Wash Emporium is Manchester's chief supplier of jet washing and party supply services, Sam. I've explained this countless times. And yet I've never understood how those two concepts are compatible. Well, clearly, you've never had a 50-50 mix of LSD and Smirnoff gold fired into your anus at 1500 PSI. You'd see God. But I don't believe we came here today to discuss why you're such a frigid little narc, did we? No, we didn't. We came here to discuss the wider ramifications of this ruling for the gig economy. Exactly. It's a disgrace. And if the Supreme Court thinks I'm going to start paying my drivers slash jetwash operatives from the moment they clock into the app, they're fucking kidding themselves. They'll dance for coins like they've always done. Mainly because I'll fire a jetwasher at their bare feet if they fucking don't. What about workers' rights, Danny? Yeah, right. That's a can of worms you're comfortable opening, is it? Oh, you mean the can containing the principle of honest pay for honest work? That's the one. <laughs> the, the, the can containing safeguards against exploitation, Danny. The can containing the guarantee of a minimum wage. That can, Danny. You're outraged that I'm considering opening that can, are you? It's a lovely can, Sam. I'm not saying that it isn't. I'm just saying that once you open it, the worms go everywhere. 
Well, yes, Danny, and that would be terrible, wouldn't it? Protecting workers in the gig economy, guaranteeing their sick leave and holiday pay rights, and ensuring they get a reasonable income, that would be terrible. I am not saying anything, Sam. Good, because the can's open, Danny. The can is well and truly open, and Uber and everyone else can just... Can just what, Sam? Honestly, I I don't know. The metaphor's kind of got away from me a little bit. What do you even do with a can of worms anyway? Uber can go fishing, I guess? No, that, that doesn't work. Well, thanks for opening it, at least. Now, if we could just address the issue of my backdated fees, please. Sorry, your what? Me backdated fees. You know, for me contributions to the podcast over the years. Paid hourly, of course. The many weeks I've spent undercover. Oh, and the employer liability payouts that I'm almost certainly entitled to now I'm no longer self-employed. Employer liability? Yes, Sam. I've had a testicle tasered into oblivion by the Chinese government in the line of duty, remember? Now that I'm officially an employee, I suspect you owe me a rather large sum of money. Oh, right. I mean, don't get me wrong, Sam. We're pals, and I was quite happy working for nothing, even though without our prior personal relationship... I'd have considered the offer of exposure in return for my services to be an outright fucking insult. But now you've made it clear that you're a champion of proper working rights and the minimum wage. It's only fair that I ask you for the appropriate compensation. Oh. Just to stop you looking like a giant fucking hypocrite, if nothing else. No, no, you're, um, you're absolutely right, of course. I'll, um, I'll get right on that. I just need to... Contact my accountant, I guess. Sam? Yes, Danny? I've got a lid, you know, for the can of worms. Just in case you'd like to pop it back on again and save yourself a bit of money. If you like, I'll even turn me back. That way, you can climb down off that high horse without anybody watching. Thanks, Danny. (laughs) You're fucking welcome, pal. Now, if you don't mind, I've got a load of Mandy water in a Karcher HDS 612 that I've got to get to an illegal raving Basingstoke by 10. I'm Danny Sutcliffe, reporting for IC News. As is traditional here in Britain in the 21st century, our government has been hard at work recently really tackling the significant issues of the day. No, it's not the pandemic, or the mishandled response to the pandemic, or cronyism and blatant corruption of the way public funds have been allocated as a result of the pandemic. And no, it's not income inequality, or Brexit, or the security of the British Union, or any of that inconsequential stuff. The real hot-button issue everyone's obsessed with these days is whether or not you can fill your social media with outrageously racist bullshit without facing any consequences whatsoever. That's right, we're talking once again about council culture, and the tendency of the outrageously militant left to shut down debate by constantly calling racists racist. Now, I don't know about you, but personally, I'm sick of Marxism, and Marxists throwing around ist and ism terms as if they're somehow pejorative. They repeat them so often without understanding what they even mean that they've rendered them meaningless. I say we boycott Black Lives Matter, Disney+, Nike, the NFL, the NBA, the Human Rights Act and every university ever before council culture goes too far. Thankfully, the British government agrees with me, which is why universities in this country are soon going to have a free speech champion to answer to. 
Here's our Conservative correspondent, Sebastian Forlock, with more. It's the cornerstone of any truly democratic society. The free and open marketplace of ideas is the crucible in which great civilizations are forged. We must be open and receptive to intellectual challenges against the established orthodoxy. We must be able to have honest debates about difficult subjects that we feel passionately about. We must respect the blessed sanctity of the open exchange of views. And if, like me, you're a conservative, we must make the mainstream media lean so far right that the free and open debate becomes tilted completely in our favour. And in the interests of impartiality and fairness, we must fight back against any and all efforts to stop right-wing ideology dominating the narrative. Cancel culture, cultural Marxism, and militant wokeness are the antithesis of free speech. They are stifling tactics designed to subdue opposing voices, and they deserve no place in our national discourse. A free, fair, and open society, one that values debate, is one in which the entire mainstream press skews right-wing. From the newspapers, to the antagonistic pundits on breakfast television, to the algorithms pushing engagement and generating profits on social media. It's all about balance, you see. On the right, you have the government in power with the support of all the corporate interests that lobby for and fund them. The right also benefit from a broadly deferential press that props up and legitimises them, while failing to challenge their mendacity and cronyism. And then, for balance, on the left, you have Marina Hyde's column in The Guardian. An iron grip on the levers of power and control of the printing presses that define the public narrative for me and Change.org for thee. Equilibrium, you see. But that principle of fairness, that harmonious, balanced landscape of political debate that, up until now, has functioned perfectly by constantly returning conservatives to power, is now under attack. There are enemies in our midst, twisting our children's minds, sowing odious seeds that, left unchecked, will grow out of control and corrupt the beauty of Britain's cultural garden. Our institutions have betrayed us, opening their doors and hearts to dark, censorous ideas. Our brightest and best voices are being silenced. Our educational establishments, once the envy of the world, are now hotbeds of hippies and communists preaching revolution. Our BBC is now plagued with left-wing bias, reporting facts and statistics that nearly always skew left-wing. 
They must do, or they wouldn't consistently make this government look so terrible. Whether it's reporting the number of excess deaths or the depth of the recession, the left are never happier to just accept the government's platitudes like the rest of us. It's become clear that the Marxist and anarchists are fighting to take control of the whole system, which is why conservatives are now bravely fighting back. No longer will our university students stagnate in their overly sanitised safe spaces. Instead, they will be challenged, saved from the left-wing brainwashing of their professors and lecturers. For too long now, we've allowed young people to just go to university, where they meet people from different walks of life, and then have sex with them. And what do you get then, hmm? You get young people who have experienced enough to actually challenge the subtle prejudices of their parochial upbringings, and learned, through that challenge, to respect diversity. Unless, of course, it's diversity of opinion. Conservatives don't get to join in with the wild sex parties. And why not? Why not, eh? I'll tell you why. It's because Sebastian's ideas were too dangerous, too out there, too scatological for a Wednesday afternoon study group. Well, not any more. Soon, the government will appoint its first free speech champion, and the crusty lefties at university will have to let conservatives play. Never again will cancel culture silence the valid ideas of our most oppressed bigots. And then what do you get, Sam? I'll show you. You get a reality like this one. This is Earth Victor Bravo Dunning-Kruger 84. And let me tell you, this Britain is just the sort of academic powerhouse Earth Prime should be aiming for. This university campus is all about free speech all of the time. Just look at this timetable. Toby Young speaking for five hours this morning, and on all sorts of subjects, in each of which he has absolutely no applicable knowledge or experience. And then... Julia Hartley Brewer and Katie Hopkins speaking this afternoon. A splendiferous bounty of proper right-wing views, without a single protesting student in sight. Take that, cancel culture. It's very quiet, actually. In fact, it's almost as if the students here have no interest in hearing Toby Young speak at all. How extraordinary. This place represents a truly free market of ideas, and yet young people here seem to think Toby Young has absolutely nothing of any value to offer it. Um, I'm... I'm, I'm Sebastian Forlock, and my free speech means freedom from consequences. Reporting for IC News. No one is safe from these witchfinder generals, which is why mavericks and dissenters of all stripes will be welcome in the Free Speech Union. Actually, even I can't stand listening to this shit for five hours. And I'm a submissive who usually loves getting tortured. Sebastian's report brings us to the end of our broadcast. There's not a man or woman alive who deserves to be left alone with Toby Young's voice droning in their head. So instead, we leave you now with the headlines you may have missed. 
Texan Senator Ted Cruz is criticised after jetting off to Cancun in the middle of the state's winter storm crisis, despite the fact that leaving and going hundreds of miles away is the best thing that Ted Cruz can do to help anybody in any situation. The government's latest adviser on maintaining the British Union has departed after just two weeks in the job, because that's apparently how long it takes to shut the stable door after the Scottish horse has bolted. The world's first human Covid trials are to start in the UK, with volunteers being intentionally infected by medical professionals. It marks a remarkable change of tact from the UK response so far, where non-volunteers have traditionally been infected by the incompetence of the British government. And finally, NASA successfully lands the Perseverance rover on the surface of Mars, where it will spend the next few years doing a full Ben Shapiro by clumsily fingering the planet in a desperate search for moisture. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you and goodbye. You've just been listening to the IC News podcast. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to help us spread the word. Only with your support can we reach more people and build a larger audience. Every episode of IC News is written and produced by Sam Gore. Every week we feature guest voices from the UK stand-up circuit. Check out the podcast description to find out who you've been listening to. They're all very funny people, and you should check out their stuff. The IC News main theme is written and performed by Eddie French and the graphic design for the show is by Chunchy.com. Any additional music in the show will always be properly credited in the podcast description, so if you hear something you like, please check that out and support the independent artists who offer their work to shows like ours. Hello again, it's me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with a right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of me van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind odd bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though, this deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger me. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar. <laughs>